0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us, So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus.
1: Amen. Amen. Good morning. My name is Pastor Matt Popovitz. I come to you from our Savior, New York, in New York City, and I want to thank you for welcoming me into the St. John family this weekend. It's been an honor and a joy to be with you and to worship Jesus with you. Uh, I'm a pastor, that's obvious, uh, but I have other vocations. I'm a husband to Lisa, my high school sweetheart. I'm the father to Ava and to Jack Matthew. One of the things I've noticed over the years is that sometimes my task as a parent and a pastor overlap. For example, every so often, my job as a parent and as a pastor is not to simply give the answer, but sometimes my job is to play dumb. Like when my daughter asks me, Dad, where's my shoes? Now, I know exactly where her shoes are. She left them in the living room where she's not supposed to leave them, so her little brother kicked them underneath the couch. But I'm not going to tell her that. I need her to learn some things. I'm trying to teach her how to take care of her things. So my response to her is this, I don't know, sweetie, play dumb, where did you see them last? The same is true as a pastor. For example, if I were a pastor in the Chicagoland area and one of my parishioners were to ask me, Pastor, is it a sin to bet on the Bears to win the Super Bowl? Now, I know the answer to this is yes, and it's not a sin because betting is necessarily bad, it's a sin because it's the Bears. (laughs) But I don't say that to them. I would need them to learn that on their own, to discover some things, and so I would respond with the right pastoral Lutheran response, which is, gee, why do you want to know? I would play dumb. That's actually what we see happening in today's gospel reading. Jesus, on the road to Emmaus, is playing dumb with the disciples. He's resurrected. He's glorified. He appears on the road to Emmaus And he discovers that they are talking about his death and his resurrection. And he could have, in that moment, just made himself known. He could have said, here I am. I told you I was going to rise from the dead, and I totally did it. Never doubt me. Which is absolutely what I would have done if I were Jesus. But instead, Jesus plays dumb. He asks them, what are you talking about? And so they explain to Jesus all about Jesus. And they admit that they don't quite understand what it all means. It's clear that they still have some doubts about whether or not he's actually risen from the dead and how it all fits together. And in that moment, Jesus has them right where he wants them. And he begins to show them. Again, all while he's still hidden from them, they don't really know who he is, he starts to talk with them and proves the divinity of Christ, the necessity of his death the point of his resurrection while he's walking with them. And he does this by walking them through the scriptures. They're walking on the road to Emmaus, but Jesus is walking them through the scriptures and pointing out how it all points to Christ. You see, Jesus could have just made himself known, but he wanted them to discover Jesus in the place where they and others would have to encounter him long after he had ascended and the world could no longer see him. And where is that place? Where can Christ, where can God be encountered and found without question It's in his word. And and I would argue to you that that's, that's really one of the central points of this gospel text. Jesus insists on the road to Emmaus on first being found, known, and encountered in the word, in the message of God's unrelenting mercy, predicted, described, declared, and all pointing to his cross and his empty tomb. You see, you and I, we have this unrelenting itch to find God, to hear God, to to feel or encounter God in other things. We want to search for that same feeling of burning in our chest that the disciples describe. You know, that feeling you sometimes get, it's, it's palpable and it's powerful, where something inside of you says, I'm experiencing the divine." And so we examine a series of coincidences in our life and we think, well, God must be giving me a sign. Or we latch on to the affirmation of a colleague as something more than a compliment and we see it as evidence of our worth and our worthiness as a human being. Well, they patted me on the back so God must be pleased with me too. Or we look at the messy landscape of our lives. We see a marriage that's in really rough shape, kids that are kind of crazy, a career we can't really stand. We reflect on the years of praying and pleading for things to change, and we notice how things haven't really changed, and we think, well, God must be sending a message. He doesn't really like me, and He clearly doesn't listen to me. Or we hold tight to our political positions. We hold tight to the thinking of our particular tribe on what it is that ills the world, what it is that will fix the world, and we assume that the maker of the world has the exact same view. Well, look at how much agreement we have here. Certainly, God must believe along with us too. In all those circumstances, it is, it is an instance of us looking for God apart from where he insists on being found. In his word. I mean, this may be simplistic, but it's true. Do you want to know how God feels about you? Like what he thinks of you? His word. Do you want to know what God is like? His word you want to know what he's up to on this planet that seems so out of control and crazy? His word. Do you want to know how he really feels about the bears? Look to his word. I've got a verse for you. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. <laughs> now, I can say this, I can say this because I'm a Lions fan, and we've got it much worse. If you look at his word, what will you find? You'll find what Jesus demonstrated on the road to Emmaus, that it all points to him, that it all points to his cross. When you look to his word, what you're going to find is his cross that tells you your sins are far worse than you had estimated, but God's love for you in Jesus Christ is more than you would ever dare to imagine. When you look at his word, the cross is going to tell you that his work in this world is a work of mercy, announcing rest to the weary. You look at his word and his word is going to point you over and over and over again to one place. All the little roads in the word are going to lead to one place, the cross and the empty tomb of Jesus Christ, where Jesus is going to look at you no matter what you're thinking, what you're worried about, what you're wrestling with, and he's going to look at you and he's going to say what he said on that cross. It is Finished. You are chosen, baptized, beloved, belonging to the Father, and though you are an absolute mess, you are unbelievably loved. You're mine. That is what you will find every single time. Where have you been hoping to find God? Have you been looking for affirmation that only he can truly give in the applause of others? I do that too. Have you been using circumstances to measure your amount of grace? Have you been assuming that you're doing something wrong in life just because prayers aren't being answered the way you want in life? We're all guilty of it. Don't play dumb with me. You don't have to. Where have you been looking for God? We all do it. We all look in all the wrong places, searching for the burning in our chest that says we are experiencing the divine. But I have good news for you. You don't have to look anymore. He's here with you. He's walking on the road with you. He's revealing himself in the breaking of the bread to you. He's opening the scriptures to you and giving you an objective and unchanging, readable, studyable, shareable, memorable encounter with Christ to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.